Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, if you don't know us, I'm Michael. This is Brenda. Uh, we started here like 25 years ago or so, right? And, yeah, uh, I can't remember, but that's what people tell me that it was that long there ago. There you go. And uh, I thought today is like a kind of a special day on the church calendar. And I thought because of that, Brenda and I just wanted to have a conversation with you guys. So I'll introduce what today is, and then we're just going to like share some stories back and forth about things that God has done in our lives um, that tie in specifically to the Holy Spirit, because today is Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. Sunday. I don't know if you know that. Do you guys follow the church calendar? you have it pop up on your Google calendar? Probably not. It takes like a, like a, a Bible nerd like myself to want to do that. Uh, Pentecost is actually, our word comes from a Greek word that just means the 50th. This is the 50th day after Easter, or it's actually an old Jewish holiday. It's the 50th day, a celebration that they had, the 50th day uh, after Passover. And so I want to read a little passage. If you have a Bible, Acts chapter 2, I'm going to read this passage and... Uh, and, and then our outline is going to kind of, our, for our conversation, for our stories, is going to kind of flow from this a little bit. So Acts chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 1, it reads like this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That's the disciples of Jesus. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Verse five. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? Then, then how is it each of us hears them in our native language? And then it lists a bunch of the languages that were going on. Verse 11, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Somehow we made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. I'll, I'll stop the reading right there. Pentecost uh, comes actually from an Old Testament Jewish holiday. It's one of the three pilgrim festivals on the Jewish calendar. There's three specific celebrations throughout the year, along with the Feast of Tabernacles and Passover, when people would travel to Jerusalem if they could afford it, a pilgrimage. It's also called uh, the Feast of the First Fruits, a time when they would celebrate and take the first fruits of their harvest and kind of give that back to the Lord. And so here's three quick points that come from that. Here's why we remember Pentecost. God gives us the first fruits of our inheritance with him at Pentecost. Like the thing that we get to enjoy with God forever, his presence, he actually gives us that as a first fruits at Pentecost, right? In Jesus' day, they actually believed that God initiated, they call it a covenant day as well, Pentecost. They believe that God initiated his covenant with Noah, the rainbow in the sky, on the day of Pentecost. You can, if, you, if you have like an old Catholic Bible, you can read about that in the book of Jubilees. They also believe that God gave the law to Moses on Mount Sinai on this day. 
And so it's the first fruits of our inheritance. Secondly, that God fulfills the prophecies about the new covenant on the day of Pentecost. So that he would write, Jeremiah talks about how he was gonna write his law in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's what's happening at Pentecost. And uh, it's, it's interesting, in, in synagogues today, often on this day, uh, the liturgy has you read through the book of Ruth. The story of Ruth is about how God reaches beyond the boundaries of the nation of Israel and brings this little Gentile woman into the covenant family of God's people. That's kind of what hap- that's what's happening here. And then thirdly, Pentecost is all about how God launches the church beyond the Jewish people to embrace the whole world. And so what we see here in Pentecost is God pouring out his spirit as the backdrop of this holiday uh, that they celebrated and God saying, now my presence is available to anyone who will submit and surrender themselves to Jesus. Peter preaches that message, 3,000 people are welcomed into the church on that day. There's so much we could talk about. Um, I could talk about like all day about how Pentecost is the reversal of the Tower of Babel. The Tower of Babel was people trying to make a name for themselves and God confuses their language. And here God speaks to each of them through their own language, reversing that about who he is. Like we could, we could go on and on. There's so much that the Bible nerds would enjoy. But here's what I wanna do is I wanna talk with Brenda a little bit about kind of our experiences of the Holy Spirit. Because what you see through the book of Acts from this point on is that the Holy Spirit's actually the main player. Yes, the Apostle Paul is mentioned. Yes, James, the brother of Jesus, and Peter are are mentioned, and all the different churches. But over and over and over and over again, if you go through, it's like 67, 68 times, the Holy Spirit is mentioned as the one who's leading and directing and guiding and setting people apart and sending them out. And so, First, I want to talk about how I'm going to talk about how the Holy Spirit is a person, how the Holy Spirit is God's presence, and through the Holy Spirit, we are empowered. We actually experience power. So that's a really simple outline. Um, it's hard to sometimes think about the Holy Spirit as a person. Yeah. Right. It's hard. It's, it's it can be it can feel really difficult because we often use language like fire and wind that are impersonal mm-hmm. to speak of the Holy Spirit. So thinking of the Holy Spirit as a person. Brenda, just talk with us a little bit about and remind us of a couple stories. I'm thinking of one in St. Louis, Missouri, uh, where we experienced the Holy Spirit at, at, a, at, at a church planting kind of thing. One guy took off his shirt and was dancing oh, around. Yes. And, and I yeah. remember you getting prayer that first time. Yeah. Oh, that. yeah. Remember right. that? Yeah. I think that, you know, having been raised in the church and, you know, I... I learned a lot of Bible, have, have a Baptist background, got saved in Sunday school most weeks. Um, and That then, was after getting saved under the ironing board with your sister. Well, yeah, yeah, when I was five, you know, but then in Sunday school, they always ask you if you want to get saved in a Baptist church, so I, I did it every, every time they asked. You're going to make sure it's stuck. And, uh, and then going to a Christian high school, going to a Christian college, um, beginning to, you know, feel God's call on my life, um, completely committed to, you know, serving the Lord and never, ever meeting or knowing or acknowledging the Holy Spirit. Mm. I mean, I lived a big chunk of my life without the, pre- the, the Spirit of God or just maybe he was there, but I didn't acknowledge him, right? So, um, you know, that diminishes his activity in my life. And I felt like, you know, 
when we were introduced to the Holy Spirit as a friend, I was, you know, 26, 27 years old, and that was the first time I'd ever heard that, you know, language. I mean, we knew he was in the Bible, but he was a bit of a blur. You know, God the Father, Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. He's the Son of God, and then the Holy Spirit. He's just a bit of a blur. Um, so it, it was really fascinating to me to be introduced to the Holy Spirit in a new way and realize that I had been missing that. And um, I do remember, like, wanting, seeing other people experience the Holy Spirit and wanting that. I remember, you know, praying for it for a long time. But we're, we're actually not very good at receiving the Holy Spirit. Um, we, we have a lot of defenses up. We have a bit of an elephant skin going on sometimes in order to protect ourselves from, you know, people hurting us. We also keep out some of the good stuff. That God wants for us. And so it, it took a longing and it took some prayer and some desire to learn how to trust the Lord and actually let him, let him come really close to me. And we were at a meeting in uh, St. Louis and I remember, um, you know, longing for as they prayed that the Holy Spirit would come and that, you know, we would begin to experience the Holy Spirit. I remember that longing and even you know, just just feeling emotional about it. Like, is there something wrong with me? Because uh, I, the, I'm not experiencing this, and other people are. Hmm. And one of the speakers, you know, came up and uh, began to pray for me, and I said, I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. I feel like I can't receive the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, let's, let's just pray, and, you know, let's just acknowledge what God is doing. And as he started to pray for me, I remember, you know, like tears, uh, you know, coming, and, and he said, do you feel that hot tear on your cheek? That's the Holy Spirit. And just, uh, you know, teaching me how to acknowledge when God was with me, that what I was experiencing was God, I just didn't realize it. So I think there's something to uh, believing that he wants to come close to us and that we're supposed to experience him, and then, and then actually receiving him, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. That's a lot harder for us. And then, and then practicing that. I mean, I remember going and getting prayer every week and saying, I'm just practicing how to receive the Holy Spirit because I'm not very good at it. Can you pray for me? And just letting people pray that I would learn to receive the Holy Spirit. And, you know, it took time, but now it's, it's, it's almost shocking. And there is a miracle in it how quickly you can, you can access the power and the presence of God when you turn to and say, you know, come Holy Spirit, and you let your defenses down mentally, uh, you know, physically, emotionally, you just trust that there's one person I can trust <laughs> that I know that I know that I know that I know is good and faithful and is not gonna, you know, harm me, uh, and that's, that's the Father in heaven. And I can, I can trust him in those moments to just sort of let down those, all those emotional... Sometimes it's just we think too much um, and we're analyzing. How does this work? Is this... Uh-oh, is, is it okay if I cry in church? Uh-oh, I'm starting to tremble a little bit or sway. Uh-oh, uh-oh, I'm, uh, I'm going to be one of those crazy Pentecostal folks, uh, you know, if I, if I let this happen. And so we overanalyze it, and we don't just trust the Lord that, yeah, sometimes there is a physical effect when the Spirit comes, 
Uh, Which is I, what you were feeling with that too. Yeah, absolutely. Effect, I yeah. often cry when the Holy Spirit is present. Um, even if I'm happy, it's just one of the emotions that I, you know, happens to me. And what, what I think is different now in my relationship with God as a result of that is I'm relating to God, not just out of my head, but out of my heart. There's, you know, I'm experiencing God at an emotional level and relating to him and others. So my head and my heart are connected and, uh, and that becomes very, very meaningful um, your, your Bible, you know, starts to fly off the page at you and become very, very meaningful. Yeah, uh, relationships, that's good. That's good. Uh, prayer becomes very personal, very alive. Um, all of those activities, those good Christian things that we're doing become personal and real and empowered by the, by the Holy Spirit. So one of the things that happened to us as we were, uh, that's excellent by the way, uh, one of the things that happened to us as we were like being introduced to this is we went right back to our scriptures because we had studied the scriptures like in depth and we're like, where does the Bible kind of talk about this kind of stuff? Well, I, I just made a little list. If you want to put that up on the slide, all the personal things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. The Spirit searches all things. The Spirit knows the mind of God. The Spirit teaches the gospel to us. It dwells among and with believers. It accomplishes all things. The Spirit gives life to those who believe. It cries out from within our hearts. You can email me and I'll send you passages for each of these if you want. Leads us in the ways of God. Bears witness with our own spirits. Has desires for us that brings up their opposition to our fleshly desires, helps us in our weakness, intercedes on our behalf, works all things together for our ultimate good, strengthens us, is grieved by our sinfulness, and the, the fruits of the Spirit are actually the attributes of God himself. Yeah, and so, so imagine like, life without all of that. It's just, I mean, sometimes I just look at people and go, you don't need counseling, you don't need therapy, you just need more of the Holy Spirit. And counseling and therapy can be very That's good. That's true. But, I mean, let's, let's start with the Holy Spirit. There you go. Right? Because you're trying to live life without all of the things that he does for us and the fact that he makes our relationship with God real and personal. Yeah. And so the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is actually the presence of God himself. Yeah. And so when we're experiencing the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit is actually the gift of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Like God wants to be present with us. And, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is often called in Scripture actually the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you think, well, which is it? And the answer is yes. I, I, I love like a Trinitarian view of God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's like we're talking about the same being. That's right. And we're talking about, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we talk about how God is actually present with us. And mm -hmm. so... Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think even the, the desire for a friendship, like you do have desire for friendship with people, um, with the Spirit is a very healthy thing to cultivate, to posture yourself for, to pray for, and then to begin to, to turn toward and expect to interact with him like you would a person as well which is, uh, you know, you, you, that's something that you learn to do. And it's different because it's a spirit. So, you know, he's not there in body. You can't reach out and touch, uh, you know, the spirit of God. Um, but 
he comes close to you, you can, you can feel his presence. I think, Michael, that this is probably why so many people, even believers, followers of Jesus, feel so alone. Hmm. I think that the loneliness that we experience is directly related hmm. to an absence or a lack of acknowledging our need for the Spirit and cultivating a friendship with Him. Um, and and I see people who aren't lonely anymore once they learn to have a friendship with the Holy Spirit because so when, He's a person. So when you think about like one of the prayers of our liturgy, come Holy Spirit, we're basically saying, God, would you be close to me right yeah. now? Yeah, and you know, that's been prayed for, that's not a vineyard prayer. Those are words that people have spoken for all time. Um, but I think w there, there's not magic in them. It's not like a little, you know, rabbit's foot that you're rubbing to get the spirit to do something. Um, he's, he's there. Like, he was with me and has been with me my whole life. But what I'm doing when I say, come Holy Spirit, I'm turning towards and I'm acknowledging him. And I'm saying, I know you're there and I know you're available and I want you right now to come close. I want you in my life. So now we're beginning to relate. Person right. to person. So I'm going to read a little quote from Gordon Fee, but I'd like for you to just, do you have a personal, after I finish this quote, so I'll give you a moment to think about it, a personal story of a time where you really experienced God kind of meeting you like that. Yeah. So uh, one of the books that I've grown to love on this subject by Gordon Fee, a New Testament biblical scholar, uh, is called God's Empowering Presence. And by the way, that's kind of our outline. Um, it's about a thousand page book, and so if you like reading really good heavy books on this, that's a great one. His shorter version is just called Paul the Spirit and the People of God. Mm. Here's a quote, for Paul, the Spirit is not merely an impersonal force or an influential power. It's way different than Star Wars. The Spirit is none other than the fulfillment of the promise that God himself would once again be present with his people. The Holy Spirit in Paul's writings is always thought of in terms of the personal presence of God. God's spirit is God's way of being present. Whatever else the Holy Spirit was for the Apostle Paul, it was always an experienced reality. Yeah, and I, you know, I think for us, oftentimes, when we actually turn to God and, and get you know, really open is when we're in places of pain um, and, and suffering, and you know, then that gets our attention oftentimes, and we turn to God, and. I can remember um, having gone through um, a period of time where I had been criticized and, you know, betrayed by people that I trusted, uh, close, close friends that, you know, had been in my life for many years and uh, that I trusted deeply. And, um, you know, I think, you know, the enemy, of course, doesn't like that. So there's always the, the sabotaging or the trying to divide us that comes from the enemy. But whatever happened, I got very, very hurt once, and then it happened again twice in a short period of time. And then I got afraid, and I heard the enemy say, um, if this happens one more time, it's going to take you out. Like, you can't, you know, you can't handle it. Three times and you're out. In fact, it's going to take you out of ministry. And I, I really got this fear, and I got fear of criticism, fear of not approve not people not approving of me uh you know fear of failure and it just literally uh, kind of paralyzed me in many ways and then it grew into fear of 
the dark, fear of being alone, fear of you know, things that I would imagine. And uh, honestly, I think that there was something demonic on it that was you know, really trying to, to sabotage my peace, my relationship with God. And I went through a time where I was at a meeting, we were worshiping, and the Lord invited me to uh, get, some, get some prayer about it. And some wonderful people came around me and started to kind of pray. And I went through you know, a bit of a deliverance from the, that fear. But then there was the need for some healing. And I remember um, just crying out to the Lord about that. And I, I was standing in my kitchen, and it was close to Thanksgiving. And uh, I remember, like, you know, preparing things, but being consumed by, uh, you know, just some of the pain of the betrayal and stuff. And I felt the Lord, um, it, was, it was very personal and very real. And I actually, when I have these experiences that are so, so uh, spiritual and personal and intimate, I relive them. So I've relived this moment hundreds of times since then. This was a few years ago. Um, and I felt Jesus come really close to me. And I, I just kind of sunk into his arms, and I pictured him kind of just like holding me. And then it was as if he was a sponge, and he just started to absorb, uh, you know, the, the pain. And he said, I know this kind of pain. I've felt this kind of pain and suffering. And then he said to me, daughter, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And it was as if the Spirit of God, now, you know, Jesus isn't really there, so the presence of God and his son Jesus and that experience came to me through the Holy Spirit and through a friendship with the Holy Spirit. That was how I felt like Jesus was standing in my kitchen with me, mm. was through the Holy Spirit. And, you know, saying, come Lord, come Holy Spirit, acknowledging my need for him. And then I have this very personal, very spiritual experience that, that healed me. It healed me of the fear, it comforted me, it, it gave me courage, uh, it reminded me of, that I'm a daughter of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And as I said, I've relived that, that one event That's that really I had. Cool. In, and I think, you know, let me be as bold as saying that all of the good stuff in your life is, is going to come when you are in the, pres in, in the presence of the Holy Spirit or under the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, everything I can point to in my life, he was there, all the good stuff. And so um, sometimes... You know, we just don't, we don't pay attention to it, and yeah. we don't have the friendship. We're actually meant, we're created to have experiences with God. Like real experience with God. If you think about it, who would want us to not have experience with God and to only have it be intellectual? Like who, who wins when that happens, right? It's not you, and it's not our Lord. It's the enemy, when it just gets reduced to something that's only intellectual, that we only like read about, but it doesn't affect our real lives. Now, I love reading, and I love thinking about it, and I want to experience God. We're meant to have personal experiences of the presence of God. And whether or not you realize it, we have a deep need for that. We need moments of encounter with God that are deeply uh, transformative, and then we're meant to enter into long-term formation where our character begins to reflect that 
Both of those things are really, really in, in, in vital. And there's a whole list of things that make it difficult for us. There's theological propositions that we believe. So we were both taught that an experience of the Spirit of God was actually a really bad thing and wrote papers on that, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's just worldview where we just say, well, the only thing I can really trust is what I can see, touch, and feel. Well, there's a whole lot of life you can't see, touch, and feel, like beauty, right? Or disobedience, just basically keeping God at arm's length and do what we wanna do actually reduces our ability to experience God's presence. Or the way that we hold on to past hurts or negative self-image mm -hmm. can really keep us from having an experience of God. So there's a whole list of things like yeah. that that we've confronted over time. Yeah, for sure. And, I, you know, I, I would, I, I, there's a point where I don't know uh, in my life where I became so dependent on the experiences of the Holy Spirit that I'm convinced that I, I don't want to do life without him. Yeah. Like, it sounds awful, you know, and, and repulsive and, like I must be mostly dead if that's, if I'm gonna try to, <laughs> and I don't wanna do, you know, I think because of our experiences and our, um, you know, just what we believe theologically, what we practice, what we've experienced, um, we don't wanna do church without it. I mean, I, I, why, you know? It, that sounds pretty boring. So, yes. I, you know, I hear of miracles, I hear of the power of God, I hear of healing, I hear of, you know, this morning I heard a miracle, somebody who had a physical healing and emotional healing that is supernatural, uh, almost incapacitated to being able to walk. And, you know, that's the power and the presence of God that, you know, I, I don't want to live without. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that actually when we began to dive into this more, 30 some years ago, one of the things that kind of I watched captivate both of us was the whole idea of deliverance. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and here's, here's what is maybe the most important for you know, every follower of Jesus when it comes to the spirit and, and, you know, and deliverance is you cannot overcome sin in your life without the Holy Spirit. Hmm. You just can't. You can do a lot of religious things and still have a sexual immorality happen. You, you know, we see it all the time. Religion plus you know, sin of choice um, it happens all the time. It's the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit that in your life that enables you to overcome the enemy and his voice and his temptation and you know, the sin that he has you know, laid a trap for you. In. And, and without that, you cannot overcome sin. You can't get free, you can't, um, there, there's just, there's no way. It, does, it doesn't matter how much you, know, read, you read the Bible. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, then there's, right. there's an absence of the presence of God and the enemy just moves in. And you know, he sabotages our life. I, re I remember for me at one point where I was really beginning to open myself up to more what God wanted to do in my life personally. We were at an event and we were at a little uh, workshop where they were teaching out of Genesis chapter one and two about creativity and about how God moves. Yeah. And, uh, and one of the guys that was leading the workshop is a pretty well-known uh, pianist and artist. And so I wanted prayer from him. And so at the end of the workshop, I just like, he said, anybody want prayer? And I just kind of buzzed up to the front to get prayer. And he took a look at me and he stepped back 
And this kid, this like, I felt like he was like a high school kid, steps up to pray for me. And I'm like, dang, I wanted the big dude to pray for me. Like, but I just kind of closed my eyes. I know God's God. And I just kind of held out my hands. And, and he began to walk towards me to pray. And I don't actually remember what happened <laughs> next. You saw it, right? Yeah. But I found myself on the floor. And they had nicely moved some chairs out of the way. I was just laying on the floor. And I went through deliverance for like the next hour or so. Yeah. And it was a lot of unforgiveness. It was all about unforgiveness to my dad and stuff that had happened to me growing up. Yeah. That had actually bound me in some ways that were keeping me from being the person that God made yeah. me to be. And in fact, I remember after that, you walked around like your feet weren't even touching the ground. I couldn't quit for giggling. For a while, you couldn't quit giggling. And it changed how you fathered your own family too and you know it, and you were able to then be who god wanted you to be to your family yeah um, but without that freedom you, you couldn't couldn't do that yeah no i couldn't access that at all so that gives uh, our last point the holy spirit is not just the personal presence of god it's the empowering presence of god yeah that god actually wants to empower us to live the life he's invited us to mm -hmm. There's, there's no way we love our neighbor as ourselves. Have you met your neighbors? There's no way we love the other humans the way that we love ourselves without the empowering presence of God. And that's what he wants to do in and through our lives is to empower us to live as his followers in every moment of life. We're not left on our own to slug it out in the trenches, right? Uh, the living God is a God of power, and he wants to empower us to bring his power and his presence to our community. Yeah, and I would even go as far as to say that I don't think um, anything that we have to offer is enough without the power yeah. of the Holy Spirit, especially in the world that we live in. Um, you just, you cannot forgive people that you, you know, are called to forgive. And it's as we practice the presence of God through the power of the Holy Spirit that we change and that's what gets people's attention. Then, then the world looks at us and go, now you have something that I don't. Um, and and it's, it's not because you're you know, a, a practicing Christian um, per se, as much as you have the empowering presence of God, the Holy Spirit, who has changed you into someone who doesn't sin back when they get hurt, who does forgive, um, when, when they've been sinned against, who can overcome sin in their life. And so we start to look like Jesus. Well, now we become a right reflection of who God is, and it's really hard to keep people away because it's so attractive. And so now we can be on mission with God in the world, doing the things that he cares about. We don't have to be so self-focused. We know he's... he's going to meet our need. We know we're approved of. We've experienced his love and grace. That's one of the things that the presence of the Holy Spirit has done, you know, incredibly. There's so many powerful miracles and gifts that come. All of the gifts, spiritual gifts, come through the, the Holy Spirit. Um, but to, to experience and to walk around feeling like I'm loved and approved of and accepted and valuable as his daughter is because I've been with him and I've experienced it through his love. I know I'm loved because I've experienced it. It's not something I'm just believing. I actually feel loved. And, um, and that comes from the empowering presence. That's right. And so it's not just something, an experience of the Holy Spirit is not just something to kind of tickle the, sometimes the private 
religious, I'm going to call it religious lust for like something to happen in a church setting. It's actually to empower us to push back sin and darkness everywhere in the world. And so there are signs, wonders, and miracles that we have been able to uh, watch and continue to see that God does in our midst as we take risks uh, to, even, to even just pray for simple things. There's wonderful things that God does. You know, if you want to experience God actually working through you and seeing miracles, you only need to do two things. You need to step into situations where a miracle is actually needed, like somebody's actually sick, and then you just need to pray. Mm. Like, those are the only two things you really need. Like, if you want to see God heal people, find folks that are sick and start praying for them. And you'll learn some stuff along the way. Tell the story of uh, how when you learn about the healing power of the Holy Spirit, God told you to pray for the next 100 people that you saw. Yeah, so um, it was Steve Nicholson challenged me. One time I was getting prayer in a situation like this, and then a, a guy that I had never met before but became a mentor of mine uh, prayed for me. I was experiencing stuff happening. I thought, this is weird. Like It felt like you'd been smoking something that I've never even tried, and, and it was just felt lightheaded and dizzy. and. And, uh, and he said, that's the, that's the presence of God. God draws near to you. The infinite being draws near to a finite creature and it overwhelms you. Mm-hmm. And so I began to experience that. And then he challenged me when I left there that Sunday night to pray for the next 100 people I met who were feeling sick. And it started Monday morning at a watercolor class. I prayed for this gal named Kathleen. Her migraine went away like that. I was shocked. And I thought, oh my gosh, this, this might actually work. And then over the next... Many weeks, I just prayed for anybody that I could find, and I was able to begin to introduce people to Jesus. I was able to, uh, I saw all sorts of healing happen in people's lives and deliverance, and it was an absolute scream over the next three or four months uh, before I got to talk to Steve again, seeing all the different ways that God moved when you're just willing to take a little risk yeah, and do and that it, stuff. And that, that was not because you know, it, I mean, really, it wasn't because you're great at it. It's because God's already doing this. I had no idea what I was doing. He's way out in front of you. He's yeah. already working and wanting and weaving and doing all this. You just start to recognize it. You start to partner with him. And then he says, all right, this is fun. Let's do this together. And, you know, by his grace, we get to actually, we, you know, I call it playing, playing in his kingdom. Uh, we get to see and experience what he's up to and what he's doing. The other thing the Holy Spirit empowers us for is for endurance in the midst of adversity when things are difficult and we all want to quit. Yeah. When relationships are difficult, we just want to bail. You know, when, when there's times in our lives where what we really need is perseverance, the Holy Spirit's the one who empowers us in those situations. Mm-hmm. Just to keep pressing through, to keep leaning into the stuff that he's doing. We all need encounters, but those encounters are not just for our enjoyment, for my empowerment. It's so that I can partner yeah. with Jesus to bring healing to the world. So here's what I want to do. Yeah. I want us to pray for folks. I love it. Now, you know, you mentioned and I mentioned some maybe trembling or crying or, uh, you know, something physical happened. Sometimes I feel, you know, heat or, you know, if you're praying for someone's headache, they might feel... You know, the top of my head is really hot. And honestly, we would immediately start to analyze that in our brain and go, oh, that's not science. That's, that, you know, that's something that's goofy. And, and I'm, a, I'm an advocate that, first of all, I did the research because I 
was taught that if that stuff shows up, it's the enemy. Only, only Satan can manifest those kinds of things. And so I looked in the Bible, and I, everything that I saw happening when the Holy Spirit was coming, I saw in the Bible. I mean, fire came out of heaven. Um, you know, th- a lot of things, a lot of physical things happened. People that were blind could see. People trembled. People fell down. You know, we, we see all of that stuff in the Bible if, if, our, if we look at it through the lens of, you know, the presence of God encountering humanity. Uh, that, that's just what happens. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point, you just go, okay, I could keep trying to analyze this. I could keep trying to be upset about it. Or I could just stop missing out on everything and, you know, actually trust God and, and not get so hung up on those kind of physical things. You know, sometimes people say, you know, people that receive the Holy Spirit are, are crazy and they act crazy. I'm like, well, they were crazy before the Holy Spirit came. You know, that, that, don't blame that on the Holy Spirit. You know, that, that, that's, just, that's just a person. So I think we have to, at some point, surrender to God in the, in the place of overanalyzing. Yeah. And but- you know if it's God by the fruit of it. You know, if someone falls down, it's not that they fell down. We're not going to go, oh, wow, look at that. They fell down. They must be spiritual. They're really receiving the Holy Spirit. We're going to ask them the question, what happened? Are you different when you get up? That's the question. It's like, how, what kind of fruit does it bear in your life? Who cares if you fell down? What I care about is how well you're going to love your, your family and when you go home. And that's, that's the fruit of the Spirit, and that's what we want to focus on. And then what happen, whatever happens, happens. Whatever God does in the way he does it, that's up to God. When, uh, when I think of those physical things, I think of how God's not confined to my worldview. Right, yeah, especially my Western worldview. Yeah, no matter which worldview yeah. we have, God's never confined yeah, to that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But we have, we've done a, in our Western world, we've, we've abolished and written out the supernatural uh, you know, because of science sure. so much. And, if, and, and so we have to, at some point, say, you know, what God does is above that. Yeah, absolutely. Ready to pray? I am. Cool. Let's stand up. Why don't you guys stand up with us? What we'd like to do is take a few moments and kind of just invite the presence of God. And again, the presence of God is here. He's always with us. We want to invite God's presence, and, and then we want to wait for a couple moments to just ask God what he's up to. And so, Holy Spirit, we just say we need you. We thank you that you uh, work in us, that you are personal, that you deeply care and love about us, let love us. And you're about empowering us for our own lives and for partnership with you. So just thank you for that. And God, would you draw close right now? Would you show us what, kind of what you're up to this morning? Father, would you help us to, in this moment, in this hour, to trust you? And just to 
you know, mentally let down our defenses. We do not have to protect ourselves from you or your spirit. And so we choose to open up our, our heart, open up our mind and our spirit. And just, you know, if you have to, sometimes I just take a deep breath and like, okay, <laughs> you know, let my shoulders down. Sometimes I open my hands, but this is open my heart. And it's like, God, come close. Some of us are just incredibly, you know, we've, we've really struggled with loneliness. Maybe it's led to depression or, um, you know, anxiety or other things, even in groups of people. You know, we generally walk in and think there's, there's probably something wrong with me. And there's shame. And I feel like the Lord just wants to come really close through his spirit and just go to that place that only the Spirit can go and begin to just minister truth and hope and His presence. And so you just say, yes, yes, Lord, I want you. I want more of you. If you have a physical pain uh, or maybe chronic pain, I just invite you to just uh, picture your body, <laughs> you know, under this huge faucet of God's healing and grace. And he's just going to open up that faucet and just picture him pouring his grace, his, his healing power over your body like water. And let it run from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet and let it just like drip on you and on you know onto the ground around you but just just mentally picture his healing coming and we just say let your kingdom come let your healing grace flow and and wash off the pain the disease the sickness of living in a fallen world father god let your kingdom come. Excuse me? Yeah. Can I, can I experience? I'm going to, I'll listen to your experience and then I'll retell it. We'll go ahead and not interrupt what God's doing. Okay, just a minute. Just stay right there. I'll come and talk. Michelle, do you want to listen to her experience? Come, Lord. Whenever the spirit is coming and God's doing stuff, um, we just kind of want to, it's like, I think of it as like an open window and we don't want to close it. And so, you know, he's stirring up all kinds of things and this could be the Lord. And so we're just going to listen and discern that. Um, and, and it, you know, the Lord, we just want to not interrupt what the Lord's doing. So. so if you're here and, or actually even online and you want to experience more of the Holy Spirit, you just want to experience more of whatever God has for you, 
This is like a really safe place to yeah. pray for one another. And I'm just going to invite you to come forward up to the front here right now. Because Brenda and I just really want to pray over you and bless you. And so if you're here and like she mentioned, there's physical pain or uh, there's things you need endurance for. Or if you're here and like the announcements were earlier, you're stepping out and beginning to try this summer to engage neighbors or you're coaching soccer or you're um, you know, bringing muffins or whatever the thing happens to be and you want the empowerment of God kind of on that, we just want to pray over that and bless you. And so um, I think there's a number of us that for whatever reason we're saying, I want more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I'm going to invite you right now, just make your way right up here to the front. If there's people in your row, in your way, just excuse yourself and come on yeah. up here. We think God actually wants to do some really cool empowering today. And so just make your way up here so that we can pray over or us I, as and, a community. And I would even say, Michael, if, you, if you've not experienced the Spirit and you'd like to or you want more or you want to practice, just, just get in the habit of coming up and saying that. I'm just practicing, receiving the Spirit. You don't have to have a problem to get prayer. Uh, and so uh, just invite you to come. Bless you guys. Yeah, come, come, Lord. That needs to be a t-shirt. You don't have to have, pro- you don't have, to have problems to get prayer. I like that. <laughs> come, yeah, Lord. God bless you guys. Holy Spirit, we do acknowledge that every single one of us That's right. is, is desperately in need of more of you. That's right, God. And so we stand here in your presence to say... We need you, Lord, and we know we need you. No question about it. And so would you let your power, would you let your presence come now and just, I think of it as sort of rain, and it will be different experiences because we all have different things that God's doing, and and, and every one of them are going to be unique. And so we say, yes, Lord, we trust you to begin to just sort of rain your spirit on us. Just sprinkle it, Lord. Let it come now. Let come it come, Holy Lord. Father, just... would you release your love right now? An experience that we know that we know that we are dearly, deeply loved. Sons and daughters of God. Holy Spirit, would you come? For those of us that negative self-image tends to rule the day, Father, would you just speak right through that fog into our hearts and minds that we know that we know that we are dearly and deeply loved. Come, Lord. Come, God. Yes, Lord. Father, for those of us that are struggling with... um, just being persistent, enduring a thing in our lives. God, would you give a gift of tenacity, of faith, of courage in you? Yeah, I just, I just speak persistence into those situations where you feel like we don't have what it takes to keep taking the next step. Holy Spirit, would you come? I actually feel like there's others who there's uh, uh, that you feel like you're celebrating all alone. 
There's something like really cool that God's doing in your life and you feel like you're just celebrating all alone. For some reason, the people around you, it doesn't feel like they're acknowledging or celebrating with you. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit is saying, oh man, I got you. I'm dancing. Yes, Lord. This is amazing. Even if nobody else sees it, I am with you. I've got that. And it's, it's almost for, I don't know who that's for, but it feels like God just says, I'm going to keep this party going. Yes. This is really good. So I just bless that in Christ's name. I bless that. And Father, I ask for empowerment to yes. actually bring your healing yes. and deliverance everywhere we go. Father, would you empower us to bring healing, mm. deliverance, words of affirmation and love and truth everywhere we go, no matter what it is that we're doing no matter how we're walking this out. Holy Spirit, come. Just come, Lord. If you're uh, part of our prayer ministry team and you're not standing up here, you could just make your way around and pray for people. That'd be wonderful. Small group leader. Holy Spirit, just come. I just encourage you guys, just hang out here. These guys are gonna lead us in some worship. Just hang out. If you're online, you can click prayer. If you already got prayer once and you wanna click prayer again, just keep clicking it. There's people online that would love to pray with you. And I just encourage you, just stay right where you're at, engage with God. If you're not standing up here and you'd want to come up here and get some prayer, make your way up here. It's cool. We're just gonna do this for a while until the next service starts. God bless you guys. Thanks for coming to the vineyard.